My brother here, Joseph Butler, is going to open us up. This is Adoption Orphan Awareness Month. And so uh, my brother here, come on up, man. This is our mayor who we love and pray for. And more than his position in this community, uh, Joseph is a great friend of mine. And so I've known Joseph for a long time. Um, I love that he is my friend, that he is my great friend. When we came home at midnight from China, my brother and his wife and his family were in the airport waiting on us with signs and smiles. Um, This is my friend, my brother uh, in Christ, and him and his family have been faithful in adoption. They have been faithful in um, loving the fatherless, and so he is going to open us up. He's going to share how adoption and caring for the fatherless has blessed his family. He's going to pray for us, and he's going to kick off our service today. So give him your ears. Thank you, Hunter. Go with me to Romans 8, if you don't mind. Uh, I, I, know, I know most of you all really well. For those that don't, again, my name is Joseph Butler. Uh, my beautiful wife, Megan, is here with me. have five children, Easton, Harlan, Joey, Lee and Judah. Um, as it relates to, to, to being Adoption Sunday, uh, Joey, Lee, and Judah are all adopted. Um, Joey's five. She's been our, our little girl since the day she was born. Lee and Judah are now nine months old. Uh, we've also uh, been mommy and daddy to them uh, since the day they were born. Um, Hunter asked me to, again, lead into his lesson uh, here on Adoption Sunday uh, with how adoption has blessed us or blessed me. Um, scripture is, is really the perfect place to begin that. So uh, I'm going to read Romans eight fourteen through 17, if you'll follow along. Um, once I find it. All right, here we go. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage or slavery again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Um, That's been my verse through our adoption journey. Uh, Meg probably has her own uh, that's impacted her in a special way, but that's mine. Uh, it's, It's just an incredible piece of scripture that obviously doesn't just relate to adoption, but to to truly the, the heart of the gospel. Um, and, and it really encompasses all the important things that, that adoption has taught me and, and how it has, has blessed us. At the heart of it, and really at, at the heart of anything uh, that God calls us to, um, adoption has taught us about the sovereignty of God. Uh, it's taught us about the, the grace of God. Um, and, and it's brought us so close to Jesus. Uh, what I've learned is that the work we do in orphan care um, is very much like the work that God is doing in and on us. Um, Within that scripture and through adoption, uh, I was taught to be led by the Spirit, or I really really truly learned to be led by the Spirit. Um, Now, that may be something that that you are very comfortable with, uh, that you understand, uh, um, that that, that you're really good with. For me, that's not always been the case. Um, it's a concept for so long that I struggled with, that I, I struggled to understand. Um, I never could have imagined how adoption would teach me about truly an intimate knowledge of Jesus, uh, about his Holy Spirit and how it would open our hearts 
and minds. The blessing, uh, the greatest blessing probably for me through adoption is this understanding of the Holy Spirit's impact on my life and how he leads us. Um, Adoption blessed me in that it taught me uh, to be courageous in my faith. I can't say that that was always the case for me. Um, I grew up in the church, uh, um, you know, saved as a teenager um, and and lived my life really uh, probably a lot like you all did as a teen and, and, and as I grew up. But adoption was was the first and biggest thing that taught me to be courageous in my faith. Uh, it's completely changed my life in that sense. Uh, I think this is something we struggle with as Christians in America. Um, we want Jesus. We believe in Jesus. We love Jesus. We want Jesus. But uh, we also want comfort and safety. Uh, we want our worldly desires to be filled. Uh, and adoption is... Is, is really, uh, um, it's taught me uh, that comfort and safety aren't really that important. Um, it's taught Megan and I uh, that God wants us and he wants our lives. He wants us to give our lives to him and for him um, and to take these great steps of faith uh, that he calls us to in scripture and he calls us to in our individual lives and families. Um, and then, you know, you get in here that we didn't receive God to continue in fear. Uh, and, and adoption has taught me to not be fearful in those, those, those steps of faith. Um, in carrying us through the adoption process once, uh, including a failed adoption uh, before Joey's adoption, uh, and then the surprise of uh, what we thought was one child that turned into twins uh, in the second adoption, uh, and obviously, of course, the emotional and financial strain of both adoptions, um, God showed us that he was everything that we needed, um, that, that he was more than enough for every need um, that we would walk through in adoption. And um, through that adoption process, he's shown us that he wants us to live our lives boldly um, and, 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 and trust him, not just in that adoption journey, but in all aspects of our lives. Uh, adoption blessed us in that through this, through, through this leaning on Jesus uh, to carry us through these leaps of faith, um, along, along with the, the, that thought of comfort and safety, he broke down a lot of those walls for us uh, and continues to. Um, he, he traded what were longings for money, uh, success at work, uh, for our kids to be popular or athletic or whatever. Or even the same for ourselves, popularity or prominence. Um, he's taught us that those things aren't really that important. Uh, he's, he's continuously breaking down those walls for us. Um, our adoption journey has taught us that the important things uh, are often the difficult ones, um, the uncomfortable ones, uh, the ones that take boldness or selflessness or sacrifice, um, the ones we may have to suffer for. Uh, those those turned out to be the beautiful things in our lives. Um, it's true. That's truly a blessing. Um, and then you know, from a selfish sense, uh, adoption blessed us and it gave us some beautiful things uh, here and right now. Um, uh, we bent, we began to look at the world differently. I looked at my job differently. Uh, looked at my community differently. Uh, we invited, you know, and, and we were really excited about this in the adoption journey. We invited 
racial diversity into our home. Uh, it compelled us to be more involved in our church family, our community. Uh, adoption gave us uh, a bigger family, a more beautiful family. Um, it gave us a little girl that we had prayed for so much. Uh, it gave us now two little smiling, curly-haired boys. Um, it brought out some incredible big brother traits in Easton and Harlan, and now big sister traits in, in Joey. Um, it's created relationships with two birth mothers uh, that we can love on and care for and tell about Jesus. Um, it's strengthened mine and Megan's marriage. Uh, and again, it's brought us closer to Jesus than I could have ever imagined. Um, so uh, I wish I had more time to, to tell you about our adoption journey and walk you through that. Um, Hunter put me on a really strict time limit. Um, he knew he was inviting a politician to talk. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I've already gone over that, I'm thinking. Uh, um, but I would love to have that opportunity with you sometime. Um, if you leave here today and need me or Meg in any way, uh, she's better at explaining the process uh, than I am for sure. Uh, or if you feel the Spirit leading you in any way uh, to, to care for the orphan in any way, if we can help, please reach out to us. Um, a quote that has stuck with me through the last few years, and then, then I'll pray for us, and I'm going to hand this back over uh, to Hunter. Here's the quote. Our no will be much more difficult on them than our yes will ever be on us. All right, let's pray. Father, we praise you. Father, we love you. Father, we... We thank you for your love for us. Uh, we see that through your spirit. We see that in scripture. We see uh, that in this beautiful church family today. Father, we, we see it in our own families. We see it in adoption, and we thank you for that. Uh, thank you for leading, Father, this church into and, and through Adoption Sunday. Thank you for uh, what, thank you for what adoption's meant to my family, to, to families like Hunter and Wendy's and so many others in this community in so many other communities. Um, Father, thank you most of all for adopting us as your children, uh, for making us your heirs and heirs with Jesus. Father, I pray today that, that your spirit starts a courageous, faithful, mighty movement uh, through this church and community um, as it relates to adoption. Uh, help us find our place in, in caring for the orphan. May these, these children we advocate for, that we, we pray for, that we donate to, that we may foster or adopt. Um, may they not be seen just for their circumstances or their needs, uh, but, but truly to be seen for the beauty that, that they have as created in your image. Uh, Father, lead us, to, lead us to the work that, that others are fearful of, uh, bold, selfless, sacrificial love uh, like that of Jesus. Call us uh, to leaps of faith um, that are only possible through your grace and your strength. Father, help us sacrifice ourselves for your glory, uh, for the good of the most vulnerable. Lead us into adoptions, into foster care, into global missions, financial support, and carry us through it so that we can be your light and hope that others need. Father, we know suffering will be involved. We understand it won't always be easy. 
but we know that our suffering pales in comparison uh, to the suffering Jesus endured so we could be adopted, so that we could know your love, so that uh, we could live with you for eternity. And Father, we know that in our suffering, we glorify your holy, precious name. In Jesus' name, amen. did i said brother you got five to seven minutes i said i can go as long as i want but you got five or seven minutes i appreciate my brother and his story and as i knew what sunday this was and what month this was i said man there's no better person to call on i love his story i love what god has done with him and meg and their beautiful family so blessed by by that um word as we open up here So I was convicted as a pastor that we don't do this enough. And so for for me, I'm not a huge fan. There's nothing wrong with the messages of Father's Day and Mother's Day and stuff of that nature. But but I'm not a huge fan of like stopping what we're doing. So if I'm in Galatians, I'm not going to stop and punch pause and, you know, do a Valentine's Day sermon about how to love one another well in this life. And so I don't usually do a lot of those things. So we just, during the announcement, I was like, hey, happy Father's Day for all my, my dads out there. Happy Mother's Day, some of that nature. But I started thinking to myself, and I was really convicted that there are things in the Bible, in Scripture, that it calls all of us to be involved in that I don't do good enough job, and we don't do a good enough job of really bringing it to light. So there's two things that really suck out to me is the, the pro-life movement, the, the fight against abortion of what we are doing in that, how we are praying for that, those laws, the lawmakers, the babies, the infants, the parents, God's plan in that, how we are involved, and then also adoption, caring for the orphans. So there's, if you're a note taker, there's, there's four numbers. I really beg you to write these down, okay? Celia, I think we got one slide on there, sweetie. There's four numbers that I want you, that I plead with you. Write it on your Bible, your hand, your forehead, whatever you got to do. 140 million, write that down. 140 million. Write down 100. Write down 68. Write down two. If you got a short-term memory, They're right up there on the whiteboard, 140,168,002. and So David prayed as we jumped into our service, God, open our eyes. That's what he prayed. God, open our eyes. So this is a desperate need in our community, our country, our world. So we pray, God, open our eyes to how we should be involved in this. You don't have to turn. I want you to stay in Galatians or Romans 8. Just listen to my words in Galatians 3. We're going to read this and we're going to end back on it. So I just want it on your mind, okay? So listen to Galatians 3. Stay camped out where my brother Joseph had you in Romans 8. Galatians 3 says this, For you are all sons. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, now there is neither Jew, there is neither Greek, 
There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are all in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. We just left, if you're a visitor here, we just left two months in Galatians. So you remember that moment, how powerful that is, because we have these Gentiles that were trying to do whatever they could to get right with God, false teachers pouring in a Jesus plus movement. And Paul goes, hey, listen, I don't care who you are, what color your skin is, your background, your last name, where you were born. We are all under the umbrella of Christ and his love. One is not better than the other. A powerful message. November is seen globally as Adoption Orphan Awareness Month. I want us to do better as a church. I want us to do better praying. I want us to be better being radical, bold, as my brother said, about being faithful in those, what we see as scary arenas of caring for the fatherless. Man, that quote was amazing about our yeses and nos. And so for us to understand what adoption looks like in this life, what adoption and caring for the fatherless looks like in this life, we need to go to scripture and see what adoption means in the next concerning the gospel. So just listen to these words. In Isaiah, the the Old Testament says, learn to do right. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. That's the Old Testament. Thousands of years ago, Isaiah says, to do right, take up the cause of the fatherless. Now, let's fast forward to the New Testament after Jesus, James 1. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans. To look after the orphans. Scripture all throughout the Old and New Testament would call them the fatherless. It says, do what is right. The religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after the orphans. To look after the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by this world. So one thing that we see in Scripture that if you are born again, if you are a Christian saved by God's grace, that we've all been gifted. So we talked about Amber Douglas being on these youth trips. My my sister Amber and my brother Brent and Wendy and and Liam and Joseph and Meg and, and Hunter, we've all been gifted in these unique, beautiful ways of pouring back into the body to uplift the kingdom. That's why you have been gifted. So I always say this when people join, I pray that how Anna Kilburn has been gifted, I hope that those gifts pour into her marriage and her mothering and parenting and her career and her money and her hobbies. and her. I hope that it pours out into all aspects of your life. But scripture says that she has been gifted to pour into the body of believers. Different, unique, and at different times. Adoption is not one of those gifts. Caring for the fatherless is something that 100% of us have been called to do. So this is not a scenario where we go, hey, listen, um, man, God bless my brother here and his wife for saying yes, I just could not. 
I don't know how to pray for them. I don't know how to give to them. I don't know how to bless someone who is adopting. I don't know how to be involved. I don't know how to say yes to the fatherless. That is not my gift. It's not a gifting. It's a command. That you and I are called to love, to provide, to care, to bring in the fatherless. There's no greater way to care for the fatherless than to give them a father. Adoption in the horizontal view here on earth. Adoption and how we view that word in the horizontal view is the gospel which we profess to be true in the vertical. Adoption of an orphan is a loud sermon of salvation. Amen? Adoption of an orphan, the care and the love of the fatherless is a loud sermon of salvation. So my brother here read Romans 8. And I told him he had five to seven minutes, but I didn't tell him not to read what I got for you. I want you to see, I want you to see the words he read again because I want you to highlight, I want you to really hone in on that word adoption, why Paul uses it, how it is seen and heard by the people versus how you and I might look at it today. So look at the verses he read to us in 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. These are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of highlight, adoption. Adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are now children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, historically, for us to understand the beauty in the, in the horizontal adoption, we need to see the vertical view and definition of it. Historically, adoption does not look the same today as it did during Romans 8. So adoption versus today where, hey, if you got an open heart and you don't have a criminal record, well, you know what? We're calling you to take a kid in. Today, it's if you are willing, we will give you. Well, during biblical times, that is not how adoption worked. Adoption during Roman 8 times, biblical times historically, it was reserved for only one type of person. And that was a person of wealth. That was a person of power. That was a person who was a king. So there was not orphanages. There wasn't state involvement of bringing a child into custody because a parent gave them up. There weren't children found in the street. No, 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 no. A king would go into a village of great poverty And he had the authority because who he was to see, to meet with, and to choose a child of his liking that he viewed would better and strengthen his kingdom. So orphanages, how we view adoption today, still beautiful but very different than what Paul is saying adoption is. 
the king would bring this child, this young one who was raised in malnourishment and poverty, he would bring him back to the kingdom and he would go through this legal process to where first and foremost, the child would have his name changed. Then secondly, he would make sure that the the person had a room and a place in the kingdom. So now, not only was he new to name, but he was new in the location of where he lived, what he called home. He had a new path. His trajectory was very different than where he was in poverty. He went from poverty to wealth. He was now a child of the king. Now he had a new life. He had a new inheritance, poverty to the kingdom. This is a picture of salvation. This is a picture of salvation. So when Paul throws that word adoption out there, he's not talking orphanages. He's talking new life. He is saying you have no idea where you came from to who you are now. Adoption is not just the word to use in Romans 8. The word adoption is a sermon alone. I think about my daughter. I was uh, putting this message together and I was thinking about Lennon and thinking about Lennon and you know it stirs things up. I'm in my office crying every day and Wendy and I celebrated our anniversary this weekend. I'm sitting at dinner. I'm going, hey, babe, I could do this again if you want to, right? And she goes, Hunter, you just asked me how much this steak was. I don't know if we can go to China again, right? It stirs up those emotions of how close, as my, my brother here said, how close it brings you to the Lord. My daughter was found on the streets, okay? There's no state involvement. Like they had to guess her birthday, Okay, No one exactly knows who she is, where she was, how old she is. There was no letter left with her, right? There's no one knocking on the doors years later going, hey, I feel like I need to know my daughter. That's not going to happen. She was found in a country where Christianity is outlawed, literally. If you were under the age of 18, you could be put in confinement, for meeting and speaking the name of Jesus. If you're over the 18 of where she was born, there are different sanctions that Christianity is allowed as long as it's governed by the authority. So we talk about Galatians being distorted gospel. You know there's some distortions there. She had never met a man who didn't come in and stick her with a needle She had never seen an animal or the ocean. She had never walked on grass or been in a car. And in the blink of an eye, she's in a Christian family, a pastor's home. She has seen more of the world than many of the adults that I know. She had dogs and other siblings running rampant through our house, nothing but chicken nuggets and Pop-Tarts. She had never grown her hair out. They shaved her head and had her in a pack and play with nine others to make sure they didn't have to spend too much time bathing and washing because of lice issues there. And now she has more clothes than I do. That is salvation. That is adoption. That is from poverty to the kingdom. This is why scripture uses the word adoption. 
Paul tells us that if you're gonna understand this beautiful thing that you're called to here, you better understand this here. We are now children of the king, heirs with Christ. Paul tells us that as Christians, that you are sought out. The kingdom, the king walked into your land and chose you out of poverty into riches. You are loved. You are heirs of the king. Go to Ephesians 1. Last time I have you flip, go to Ephesians 1. You were sought out, you were loved, and now you are heirs of the king. What a blessing. What a blessing. Look at Ephesians 1 verse 3. Paul would speak about this. Chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasures of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has accepted in the beloved. You know, it blows my mind and the one thing that I always think about with Lennon in our story, is when you're adopting overseas, you know, one thing really neat about their story is, like, Joseph and Megan said, hey, we're going to adopt, and I said, okay, brother, like, how long? You think in, like, two, three years? They're like, hey, next month, maybe. We might have a bunch of kids in my home. Well, when you adopt overseas, it's a very long process, and so what really blows my mind is we said yes to linen. We started the paperwork on linen. We were telling people about Lennon. We had named Lennon before she was even born. And you go, well, Hunter, I had my kid named before she was even born. What does that mean? Let's keep digging. Before the woman even got pregnant with her, one day in, we had her room painted. Like we had sheets on the bed. So what we see in Jeremiah 1, that I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Like, I said yes to my daughter before the man and the woman even had drinks. Like, before there was even a problem, like, we were working to bringing my baby girl Home, adoption here on earth is a reflection of our holy heritage and our knowledge of the gospel which has been poured into us. That we were created, that we were loved, that we were rescued, and now we have a holy inheritance. And adoption in the horizontal is our evidence that we fully get the vertical gospel which you and I are saved by. We just finished Galatians. We just finished Galatians. And you understand that the problem in Galatians, Paul was speaking to people who were Gentiles. And so remember, the, the issue with Gentiles is, what is a Gentile? It's, I'm not Jewish. 
That's what a Gentile is. I'm not one of them. And so the problem that Paul is speaking about, you remember, he goes, man, I marvel that you turn so quickly from the gospel who saves. So there was false teachers coming in and preaching this Jesus plus, like, you gotta be circumcised, you gotta be baptized, you gotta give 10%, you gotta go to church, like all of these things. And, and Paul goes, brother, that is not what saves you. A faith and trust in Jesus Christ is what saves you, right? That was Galatians. And so there was a problem. But you got to understand more than the problem of Galatians, you got to look at the heart and what fueled why they were diving into such issues. You know, based on chapter three of what I read you, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have now put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. When you read that and you understand what it meant to be a Gentile, you know that it was fueled by this inadequacy of not being Jewish. So the people in Galatia goes, hey, listen, I'm not one of them. I'm not part of the family. I am fatherless. What do I got to do? Like, tell me how to talk, tell me how to dress, tell me what to say, change my life. Whatever I got to do to get right with God, that's what I will do to be accepted. So when Paul goes, hey, listen, it doesn't care if you are black, you are white, you are male, you are female, you are Jew, you are slave, you are Gentile, does not matter. Jesus came to save those who are lost. Adoption is a sermon of salvation. I knew this day was coming with my daughter as she gets older. We were in the kitchen two, three months ago, and we weren't talking about anything related to adoption or differences or anything. We weren't talking about anything, really. And just out of nowhere, Lenny goes, you know, I don't look like you guys. And so, like, Wendy and I have... Two different approaches to this. Wendy's is much wiser than mine, okay? Wendy gets down on one knee and like calmly explains like, hey, hey, baby, you remember in China, da, 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 you know? And I'm like, hey, 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 you are just like me. You see that ugly brother of yours? You're more like me than he is. You know, I do that. Don't you worry about it. Anybody tells you you're different, I'll whoop them. And so she goes, and she keeps going. She goes, my eyes, this is out of nowhere. Broke my heart. She goes, my eyes look different than y'all's. I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, gosh, because I know what road we're going down. I knew this was coming one day. She goes, my skin does not look like daddy's. And she goes, my hair doesn't look different. Like, I don't talk the same. She says all this. And I pick her up, and I put her on her island, and I grab her face, and I say, baby, you are just as much my child as anybody in this house. Like, that is adoption. That is salvation. That is going from poverty to riches. You are just as much mine. You are just as special. You are just as loved. You got just as much coming to you. 
Whatever they get, you got just as much. Our obedience and loving the fatherless is our acknowledgement that we were also once orphans and a father took us out of poverty and set us on the island too. And now we live in the kingdom. That is why Paul says adoption. Because you were chosen before your parents even were born. Before your great, great, great grandparents took their first breath, God knew you were coming. God loved you before that. And that is good news. That is good news. I read a statistic as we start to close in. I read a statistic, and I told you to write these numbers down. Celia, if you go back to those numbers, sweetie. You've done a great job today back there in the DJ booth. You've earned your paycheck. Today, there are 100 estimated, there are 140 million orphans today. 140 million orphans today. And I was thinking about this time of the year and Christmas and and if my family's any like yours, we'll have demand list. (laughs) We'll be running around town. Did we get everything we need? Do we get everything is wanted? Is it gonna be enough? And then you go, man, these 140 children that are not asking for PlayStations or North Face jackets, they want a parent. A hundred and forty million fatherless. But you know what? The hundred and forty million, that's a that's an easy one to tackle. It's a hard one to jump into and solve. So I read another statistic that really grabbed me more than that. There was a study done in 2020 of twelve thousand people that had a lot to do with a lot of different questionnaires concerning their spiritual life and family and marriage and stuff of that nature. And there was one of the questions among many that said, what are your views personally concerning adoption? They had all these A, B, and Cs and Ds to answer, right? It wasn't fill in the blank. 68%, told you 68, 68% answered that I have personally strongly considered adoption and I would individually say between me and my spouse that we have a heart for adoption. I read you the answer right there. That is literally what they chose. 68% of 12,000 people said that I strongly considered adoption and me and my spouse would identify ourselves with a heart to care for the fatherless. So we have 140 million orphans. The Bible calls 100% of us, no matter what your gifting is, to care for them. 68% said, my heart beats this way. And in the same study of 12,000 people, only 2% answered that they had actually ever done anything concerning an orphan. There is a huge gap between who strongly desire and who actually do. 
68% say, man, my heart beats that way. 2% say, I'll actually step out in faith. It's a big gap. Big gap. And I started thinking about my own life and my own story, and I know it to be true. You know how many people, that guys, we sat with with my daughter? You know how many people sat with me and said, hey, me and my spouse, we always said that one day we would, you know how many times I've heard that? You know how many times? Everybody wants to adopt in theory. I really feel, me and my spouse, I've always heard, me and my husband always have said, like, where are these children? Where are they? You know, my story, like my brother here, he would tell you his story his, is his favorite. My story is mine. And it's not because of any excitement or adventure or just wild scenarios, none of anything. Our story is my favorite concerning adoption because how uneventful it was. I remember seeing the keys, our great friends, Jonathan and, and Heather. They adopted this little girl from China. They couldn't have kids at that time. They, they adopted this little girl. We had our own children. We were moving faithfully in the ministry and growing up as a family. And I saw how this little girl just blessed this marriage. And I saw their faith. And I saw how close they were in God and their sacrifice. And then I saw this little girl. And I just saw the poverty which she came from. I saw her issues. And I saw her deficits. And that she was deaf. And she had, she had health concerns. And I saw these family bless them in adoption. And I said, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, sure. That's how uneventful it was. Give, give us the paperwork. People would come to us because they know how much I love Jonathan. And they'd say, hey, are you adopting because Jonathan adopted? And I'd go, guys, of course I am. You think I stumbled on China? You think I stumbled on the same agencies and the same path? It's not an accident. I saw the closest with God. And I saw the gospel in their faith. I saw the blessings of this little girl and go, man, I want that. We got an extra room. Did not have a penny. Did not have a penny saved for adoption funds. That's right, Trevor. That's right. That's right, buddy. Not a penny saved for it. But God would provide. And guess what? God provided. The Lord is calling families who are faithful and willing to be more than the 2%. David prayed, God, open our eyes. I told you that I was convicted that we're not involved enough, that we are not praying for, that we are not giving towards, that we are not encouraging those who are, and we are not doing ourselves. As we pray here, I want you to understand because this is how we all walk away. Some of you walk out and go, man, I'm 75 years old, Hunter. I'm not adopting twins. Man, I love our mayor's story, but he's in a different space than I am. Hunter, I, I can't pay for another child. I can barely fund the ones that I got. We're hanging on by ourselves. We're trying. I know all of the reasons, guys, okay? For some of you, you will be called to pray for those who are fatherless. 
For some of us, we are called to financially give towards those who are being faithful in adopting, to find agencies, to find families, to ask around, how can I bless? And for some of you, you are being called and led by the Spirit, as Joseph said, to adopt. And you don't need to wait for the perfect timing because please hear me, it's not coming. It will not come to you. This whole idea of, hey, listen, we're going to get everybody calm and everybody settled and they're going to be sleeping in their own bed and not wetting their britches anymore and off the cuff, it's not coming to you. Life will never slow down enough to do this. We need Christian people to step into this arena of desperate need and just say yes and watch God bless. Watch God provide. That's what we need. And so when we had Lennon, and I'm about to pray here and dismiss us after we have our praise team come up. One thing that we really prayed with Lennon, like Livy Ann, our friend's children, child, we really prayed that the adoption of Lennon would spur somebody on to adopting another. And here's the reality. Um, God has a plan for our life, but just speaking personally to you, I never would have adopted Lennon if we didn't see our friends do it. We were those people who just goes, oh yeah, one day, one day, which would have never happened. And then when we saw it and we were convicted by it, we were faithful in it. And we pray that Lennon's little life would do the same to somebody else's. So I'm gonna pray here. Remember, you're part of the 100%. You're not a part of the 68%. This is not a gifting that you should pray, am I called to? We are all called to care for the orphans, to care for the fatherless. How you do it, I don't know. But we're gonna pray that God opens up doors that we're all faithful in it. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for today. There are so many today that are fatherless. There are so many today that do not have mothers, that do not have fathers. They're not worried about Christmas gifts. They are, they are wanting and they desire and they yearn for a family. And Lord, here's the truth, and I want everyone to hear this. My daughter is singing Christian songs. She knows who Jesus is. We pray nightly. She is in the church more than most people, adults that I know. None of this would have been true. None of this would have been true if she stayed in that orphanage. Lord, I pray that we have people that don't sit on what they need to be faithful in doing that we are not the 2%, that we step out in faith and we watch God provide. We watch it because God will provide. Lord, if anybody in this room right now is ready to stop thinking about it, Lord, I pray you move them so fast that next year they are the one sharing in November how God has blessed them through adoption. I want a new face here. I want a new face sharing about how God blessed their boldness and faithfulness in their understanding of the gospel and adoption. That's what I want. That's what I pray. For those who are not able right now to bring in a child, Lord, I pray that you open up doors of financial ways of giving, 
of blessing different families, to praying for the orphans to be involved. I pray for this church, that you open up doors where this church is able to bless those in doing this faithfully. That's what I pray. Let us be faithful in this endeavor. In your precious and holy name, the church says in harmony, amen.